Amen. So today we're looking at the topic entitled dysfunctional heart. Amen. Usually when we, when we preach, we preach in so many things, but today we're looking at the heart. Amen. Last week we were looking at what? Or the other time we're looking at love, isn't it so? And love is a faculty of the what? How many of you remember the topic of seeds and weeds? Raise your hands. Ah, what do you remember from that topic? <laughs> That's what you remember. What do you remember? You need to pluck off from weeds, amen. So, last time, a few months ago, those who were focusing, we learned on seeds and weeds. Amen. But today now, we're looking at the particular weeds that we tend to have in our hearts. That make us not to be able to love and to feel what? Love. Because it's possible somebody can be loving you, but you don't feel Amen. So we're going to pluck out certain weeds, and this weed is called hate. So in the brackets or your subtitle, you can add hating heart. Hating like H-U-R-T, not H-A-T-E. So hating. Tell me, my guy. How are you? Yeah. So hating what? Hating heart. Mutima wawa. Amen. So you find that the Bible says, guard your heart with all what? Diligence. Because out of it flows the issues of what? Life. So what the Bible is telling us is that the heart is the central control of all your life dealings. Amen. So you find that anything that affects your heart affects your entire life. Because in your heart, that's where we have your belief. In your heart, that's where we have your emotions. In your heart, that's where faith is what? Formed. In your heart, that's where fear is what? Formed. So you find that all those emotions, all those feelings, all those beliefs and convictions are where? In the heart. Are you seeing that? So the heart is a central control. Amen. So now, there are several things that show that your heart is functioning and your heart is in alignment with God. Amen. And that your heart is in alignment with who? God. So one of the things we already looked at is love. Amen. So those are the seeds now, cultivate love. Amen. But today we're looking at the hating heart. So you find that for your heart to function well, there has to be what? Love. For your heart to function well, there has to be what? Peace. All those are things that God gives you in your heart, but we're not looking at those now. Amen. Today we're looking at the hating what? Now, can I ask you a question? How many of you have never been hurt before? Raise your hand. Everyone has been hurt before, right? So, what hurt you? <laughs> so, you find that all of us have all been through different hates and different pains. We've all been going through different hates. Even as young as he is, he's been hurt before. Are you seeing that? 
Because what may hate you may hate, may not hate the other person, but what may hate you may hate you a lot. Are you seeing that? And certain times we tend to trivialize, say, ah, that thing, you've never been through what the person is going through. Amen. So we all get to hate eventually in life, irrespective of your age, irrespective of whatever you're going through. And so you find that certain times when we get hate, what happens is we create wars. You create barricades. For instance, because most of you are youth, here, you did date, that person breaks your heart. And then now, the next time you want to jump into a relationship, say, I can't. <coughs> so now you start judging every other girl or boy that you, that you want to enter into a relationship or that asks you out or that you want to ask out. Using the template of your ex who hates you. Are you seeing that? You begin to see people from the perspective of your hate and not from the perspective of what? Love. Are you seeing that? Because certain times when certain people hate you, what happens is every time you are going to see other people, you are going to see them through the angle of your what? Hate. It may not only be in relationships of dating. It may be with family. A man did something to you, you begin to see all male figures like him. Isn't it so? That's what happens. Why? Because that's a dysfunction in the heart. So you find that you don't get to see things well. You don't get to function well. Amen. So you find that there are several times, certain times, yes, we are hit. We process the pain. And we allow ourselves to process the pain and let go of the pain. But there are several times you find that you have gone through pain, but instead of you processing it and letting it go, you decide to incubate it and think as though you've dealt with it. But then years later, you find that you still had the pain in you. The hating is still there. That thing that they did to you, Amen. Amen. So now let me ask you a question. What are some of the things that hurt people? Words. Action. Not the answers I was looking for, but yes, everything is tied to words and actions. Everything is tied to what? So you find that we all hate from the words of others or from the actions of others. Sometimes do you know that you can also be hurt from the, uh, from the, uh, the actions that somebody hasn't taken? Do you know that? My mom did not buy for me this. Your hate. Somebody hasn't acted to do something. Your hate. Amen. So one of the things that hurts us is disappointment. Tell me about disappointment. So disappointments happen when things do not go your way or you have unmet expectations. Remember what I said? You expected somebody to do something, but they haven't done it. The question is, did you tell them about your expectation? You did not, eh? So then why do we get hate when people don't do what we expect them to do? And we never told them our expectation. You get disappointment. You're angry. Oh, no, let me not jump fast. So let's, let's end here on the hating part. Amen. So disappointments arise due to Things not going your way or unmet a what? Expectation. There are many of us that expect different things in life. Amen. 
And certain times when our expectations are not met, we get what? Hate. Certain times when people don't come through for you, you get what? Hate. Amen. That's what? Disappointment. The other thing that hurts us is unexpected loss. Just be right now. This is a class. Unexpected what? Unexpected loss. You lose somebody. You lose something. You get hurt eventually, isn't it? You do not expect to lose the person. You did not expect to lose that money. You did not expect to lose all those things. You eventually hurt. You see, everyone hurts. No matter how much of a soldier you are. Amen. Number three is being devalued. To be devalued means being treated in a way that is displacing, being ridiculed with piercing and diminishing words, and being unseen or unrecognized. I repeat that. Being devalued simply means being treated in a way that is debasing, amen, debasing, being ridiculed with piercing and diminishing words. Remember, somebody said words, right? In a words, yes. And being unseen or unrecognized. Being unseen or what? Because certain people you don't recognize them, they get hit. True. You don't recognize them. They get what? Hit. So you find that as it has already been stated, hate comes from words and what? Actions. Sometimes they don't only come from words and actions. It comes from actions that have not been acted upon, which is unacted actions. Amen. So you find that certain times, you see, everyone goes through hate. We're not refusing that. Amen. But what we're saying is, it is bad where when you get hate, and you do not release it, and you do not let go of it. Because you holding on to that thing is, you have planted a weed in your heart. And that weed will begin to germinate and produce what? Fruits. That weed will germinate and produce what? Fruits. That's why I said, how many of you remember teaching on weeds and seeds so that you could follow? Amen. So that, that hate that you have will produce food, fruits. And one of the fruits that you will produce is unforgiveness. What she has done you, what she has done you, is very hateful. Don't even forgive them. Amen. Let's go to Matthew 18, verse 21 to 35. And what? Forgiveness. Some of you, the people who did you dirty and wrong a long time ago, you held on to them. You did not forgive them. Why? Because you allowed the root, the weed to take root and germinate. Matthew 18, verse 21 to 35. Matthew 18, you can read, who's there? Yeah? Matthew 18, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Two, seven times. Okay, that's in there. So it means people are going to offend you. People are going to hate you. And that's why Peter was asking, say, how often when my brother hates me or sins against me? That I should what? Forgive them. Continue. Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee, until seven times, 
but until 70, sorry, but until 70 times 7. Therefore, is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, mm -hmm. the Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children. Aha, uh -huh, just there. So his Lord commanded him to be what? Sold. And what? If they tell you to say, I'm going to sell you because of Mkongole, how will you feel? You'll also be hating, isn't it so? Yes. Hey, so that's where the hate came from. Continue, you'll see what I'm, where we're going. And, and all that he had, and, and payments to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Mm -hmm. Then the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him, and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him an hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. Ah, uh, just there. He took him by the what? Throat. We'll get there. And said, Pay me what? You owe me, right? Continue. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience and he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants <coughs> heard what was done, they were very sorry. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just there. So him, he was hurt. He forgot to see the mercy that the old man or the king had shown to him. So guess what? He started treating his fellow brethren from the point of his what? His head. And so what he did is he went here. Amen. But he could not see the love, he could not see the mercy, he could not see the forgiveness that was shown to him. So because he was still a hating person, what happened is he went to hate another person. Why? By not being merciful. By not showing what? Love. That's why I said, some of you, you can receive love from people, but because you have created wars in your heart, you cannot really receive it fully. The wars stop you from receiving love because you are focused on the hate. So the man was focused on the hate and he could not show the same mercy that was shown to him. So one of the roots of a hating heart is unforgiveness. And yet the Bible commands us to what? Forgive. So many believers sometimes have find it hard to forgive. Why? Because of the hate. They allow, to, they allow themselves to keep the hating emotions, the unmet expectations, the disappointments in their heart. And this also now begins to germinate and produce unforgiveness. So even when somebody does something so little, you do not want to forgive them. Why? You are still hurting. Yes, it's possible to grow with your pain. As you are growing, you are hating. You are growing, you are hating. I've been there. Just wait. We'll get, we'll get to my stories. Amen. So that's the first thing that a hating heart does. It doesn't forgive. So even as much as God may want to show you love and overshadow you with love, because you are still hating, you can't embrace the love. That's why this man did not embrace the forgiveness and give forgiveness. Because you only give what you have, isn't it so? So he had received forgiveness. What was the automatic response? Give. But he did not receive it fully in his heart. So he could not give it from his heart. Because his heart was too hurting. Amen. 
So now the second thing that hate does is it produces anger. Most angry people are hating people. How many of you believe that? When you had chifukushi, there was a problem with the heart. Isn't it so? Your heart was hating. How many of you have been angry before? Just raise your hand. How many of you were angry and it was because you were hating? Raise your hands. So chifukushi from the pain, from the hate. I used to be angry as a young boy because of family circumstances. Amen. Because of family circumstances, I used to be angry. Me, even if we're joking and you dimension my grandmother, my grandfather, my father, just know just there you're going to hit, you're going to receive a blow. So you find that anytime somebody is about to do something, just anger would come out. You just want to beat the whole world. You have to beat people who are offending you. Even the least things piss me off. My siblings also knew me as an angry man. You couldn't, you couldn't interact like this. Face so serious. Why I was hating. And you found that that hate was developed from a childhood, a tender age. And I kept on growing, thinking as though everything is okay, because that's the thing about hate sometimes. Sometimes we learn to live with the hate. We learn to live with the pain. We learn to get comfortable and grow with the pain. But one thing we do not realize is as we are growing with the pain, it's making us see the world in a different way. It's making us look at people in a different way. Because even as you are looking at people, you look at them from your perspective. I was giving this example today in the car to say, do you know that when you are among thieves, or when you are with a thief and you are not a thief, the thief will think you are a thief. When you are with a thief, or maybe let's do like this. When you go to a place where these guys smoke and drink, eh, and you are seated in their midst, what is the automatic thing they do? They'll give you. Why do they give you when you yourself know you don't smoke? Hey, So sometimes when we are hating, we tend to see people as though we see them from our perspective. So because... Maybe your dad did something wrong to you. Your mom did something to you. So you find that as you are looking at that woman, or you are looking at another man, or you are looking at another father figure, you'll be looking at them from the point of your hate. They will do what my mom did. They will do what my father did. They will do what my cousin did. They will do what my brother did. Why? Because you are seeing them from a point of what? Hate. Today we are going to... Jesus... So angry people are not angry alone. Angry people are hating people as well. So you find that their hate comes out as what? Anger, chifukushi. So next time you see somebody who's angry, just give them a hug. It's not everyone. Amen. So majority of the anger that comes from people stems from hate. Amen. That's the, the weed of what? Anger. Today we're dealing with the heart. We have, your heart must function. Your heart must receive love. From this day, you should feel that God loves you. You are loved. Amen. Amen. So now, the third thing that hate does is it creates pride in you. 
It creates pride in you. You know, I used to always think as though pride is just exalting yourself. <laughs> That's what I used to think pride was only. But sometimes when you're hating, you tend to have pride in you. Let me tell you how. Pride denies things. For instance, you tell somebody you're proud. What do they tell you? I'm not. Pride has a tendency to deny. So somebody tells you you're hating. You deny. And most of the times, especially during fasting, the Holy Spirit will show you to say, this is the area where you've been hating. I need you to deal with it. And because your pride has created wars in you, you find that you're telling yourself, no, I'm not hating. I'm okay. I'm okay. Me, I'm a hard on. That thing already happened years ago. Huh? If it happened years ago, why do you process it? Why do you think about it? Why does it come to mind? Why is it that you still have those other negative emotions? Are you seeing that? So your hate tends to produce what? Pride. Hallelujah. Your hate tends to produce what? No, I'm not hurting. No, I'm not one. So that your hurt, number four, produces bitterness or resentment. Bitterness or what? To be bitter over somebody. So now, for instance, I take... Remember, hurt comes from what? Being and what? Recognized. So, for instance, today I just decide to recognize this one. Ah, Rasho, you're doing a good work. And I forget everyone else. What then happens to some of you? You behave, right? And so now, as you are hate, you know what the, the effect is? You become bitter towards her. Ah, well, Jandani, Dani, Dani. And that's what happens amongst many of you. When they say this one is performing well, this one is doing well, this one is okay, and then now you guys now pick offense in the person who we have praised. And you begin to be bitter towards them. Sometimes somebody is succeeding above you, you begin to be bitter towards them. Why? Because you are hate. Because those are some of the things that you have not gotten to yet. Amen. So hate produces what? Bitterness. You cannot love someone you're bitter against. Isn't it so? And yet the greatest commandment is to love all irrespective. Even those who hate you, you love them. If you hear some of the minister's story today, some of the people who are preaching on puppets, I'll tell you. You still have to love the people who backbited you, spoke ill of you, rejected you, and you still can love them unconditionally. Yet in a season, they cost you what? So that's why some of you cannot function in love. Because remember, we said love is a power. So your power is in the things that you love. The power only reaches when you are in love. Amen. When you have love in you, then you see it flow. But in the absence of it, when you have bitterness, you can't. When you have bitterness, for instance, she has your blessing. You are supposed to receive it from her. Sorry, she's nearby, so I'm giving an example of her. <laughs> Amen. You are supposed to receive your blessing for her. God has packaged your blessing in her. But instead of you 
receiving from her, you are bitter against her. How will you receive your blessing? Because there's that statement to say you can never receive from a grace or a person who you are bitter against. Never. So certain times you they look at the people who you are bitter against and God is saying, ah, I want to use those same people. <laughs> the reason the Bible says pray for your enemies is for two reasons. One, your enemy may be in the wrong and God wants to correct them through your prayer. Or two, you may be in the wrong because of the way you are seeing things and God wants to correct your perspective. So sometimes you never see yourself as being in the wrong and God wants to correct your perspective. So as you, as you are praying for your enemy, ah, my enemies, my enemies, and God says, ah, you see, the problem is because of the way you look at them. You look at them in this way, but you are not seeing them for who they are. Ah, bitterness. You cannot, if you want to walk with the Holy Spirit, one thing you check always is your heart. <laughs> your what? Your heart. Hallelujah. And then the fifth thing that a hurting heart does, or when you are hurt and you do not process it and let it go before the altar of God, that it produces is hate. Hate. Hate, H-A-T-E, manje. Hate. So you begin to hate your brother, you begin to hate your sister. But how can love and hate coexist? Yeah, I know some of you are relating and things are dropping. <laughs> so those are some of the fruits or the roots of what? Hate. Amen. So hate has got fruits. And these are the fruits. Hate, bitterness or resentment, pride, anger, and unforgiveness. On bitterness, put Hebrews 12, verse 14 to 15. Those who are who've got the Bible, please go there. Hebrews 12, verse 14 to 15. Hebrews 12, verse 14 to 15. Yes, sir. So you can become a bitter plant. Yeah? When you allow the weeds to grow and germinate, you become a bitter what? A bitter plant. So no one can pluck from you. No one goes to a, a, a weed and say, I want fruits from you. Hallelujah. Uh-huh, continue. Troubles with its what? Oh, that's the way it's done. So you find that as you are bitter, do you know what you give another person? Bitterness. You give what you what? Receive. Or what you have. But in order for you to have something, you still have to what? Receive it. 
So when in your heart you have bitterness, what do you give to your neighbor? When in your heart you have hate, what do you give to your neighbor? When in your heart you have unforgiveness, what do you give to your neighbor? That's why you look at the parable of the unforgiving servant. He did not receive the forgiveness with his heart. Why? Because he was still hating. And so he could not give the what? Forgiveness. So this comes to my point. Certain people that hate you do not hate you because of you. They hate you because they are hating themselves. Hello? Certain people that you feel hurt you, it's not because of you that you have a problem. It's because certain times they are hating, and so as they are removing their hating, they are bringing it out of you. Because if you look at it, we said, hate comes from words, right? And out of the abundance of the heart, the what? Mouth speaks. So as they are speaking, they went down, and they went down. It's because from the inside, that's how they do not only picture you, but they picture them. That's why you accuse me, you do what? Ah, don't let it touch this. Because eh? the other time, my daughter tells me, because I went to minister at her church, or at her father's church. So after ministering, there were accusations and all these other things. Then she came to tell me, I just told that, say, ah, in a manner, don't, don't worry, just, just forgive them. Because the other people who, who, who she's helped develop and grow, wanted to beat the other people who were saying those things. So me, I said, don't do that. Why? Because for, my, for myself, I, I, I said, I can't. I said that. Because <coughs> certain times as people are trying to afflict you with hate, it's because they are what? Hurting. Yes, they speak words over you. They speak words in your life. Yes, they speak words to you. But the question is, are those words coming to you or their words coming from themselves and they're just seeing a picture of themselves in you amen so you find as people hate sometimes we share that hate and moreover the people who feel my hate the most are the ones who are closest to me I'll give one example um, there was something that happened to my sister some time back so then I got angry because I was hurt. Okay? So now, you, most of you were there at the conference in Jamba. So I, I could not go release my hate on this one. Neither could I release my hate on this one. I went to the person who is closest to me here and I released my hate on him. Have you seen that? So most of the people that you are close to and they are hating, they will eventually what? Hate you. And it will get to you because they are also what? So I transferred all I was feeling to him because he was closest to me. But I also wanted him to feel my pain. Because if we're going to be close, if we're going to share a bond, it means sometimes when I'm frustrated and angry, I'll come to you. And sometimes the issue that I'll bring to you may not be about you, but it may be about me. So now the question is, can you discern the hate in the other person? <coughs> or do you just think the other person hates you? They cannot love you if they've never received love. <coughs> Whatever they've received is what they'll give. They got bitterness, they give you bitterness. They got hate, they give you hate. Because you've seen the bitterness verse. It says, 
the poison spreads. What in my heart must spread? So if my heart is full of love, my love must what? If my heart is full of bitterness, my bitterness must what? Whether in my words, in my actions, or in whatever way. So some of us got hate because people were hating and we couldn't realize that they were hating and we thought they hate us. No, they didn't. They were also bleeding inside. They also wanted to be loved. They also wanted your attention so that you could hear their problem beyond what they were showing you. Amen. They wanted you to look beyond the pain. And so for me, certain times as we are talking to certain people, I don't look at your look at your heart. You tell me something, I will not look at you. I will look at what's motivating you. What's the passion in your heart? If you tell me I love you, I still look at your heart. Mm. Mm? Because I've had certain people, they tell you I love you, but what's in their heart? <laughs> Because if there's any grace God has given me, it's in this line, mental and emotion. Amen. Hallelujah. I think she can also give you an example of the time when we were dealing with Wijay, that time after she approached me. And I thought, uh, there's something you haven't dealt with. Always ensure that you process your pain. Whether it's a pain caused to you by somebody who did something to you a long time ago, or it's a pain that you're feeling now, that somebody is bringing to you today. Because buried pain doesn't remain buried. It germinates and grows. If I put suited, oh, sorry, what do you call it? A bandage around my wound. Will it heal? It will take time, isn't it? So I'll be destroying or disturbing its healing. What? Process. But that's what you find many of us do with our head. We wrap a bandage around. I'm not hating. I'm a strong guy. Men don't cry. Yeah? I know such statements. I'm a hard on me, I don't cry. Uh, yet your heart is growing together with your pain. And you find that as you keep on growing, you, you start seeing the world as a painful world. But yet it's not a painful world. It's a, it's a world full of love. It's a world where God wants to show you love. I'm not saying everyone loves in the world. No. When I say a world full of love, I mean God wants to embrace you with his love. But you cannot receive love when you have held one. Hey. When you look at the parable of the unforgiving servant, it represents God as a king and we as men. That's why it's called a parable. A parable is simply trying to teach you something in alignment with what he was talking about. So he was talking the kingdom is unto this. A man, a king forgave this one. That's why God already forgave us of what? Our sins. That we may freely what? Forgive. But some of you, sometimes you don't receive that forgiveness that God has given you in your heart. So you remain as unforgiving servants also. Amen. So now, as we have said, you have to deal with all the hates in your life. Amen. Deal with all the hates in your what? Past hates, present hates, future hates, deal with them. Amen. The first way to deal with your hate is one, identify where it is coming from. So you find that even before you go to the doctor, you already have to identify what your problem is. Eh? 
And as you go to the doctor, you tell him, I'm feeling this, 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 and this. Amen. So identify where your pain is coming from. From. So you have to know that there is a problem that exists. So recently, a girl shared with me a sad story which she kept buried for a very long time. Like many others who have opened up to me. Because she's not the first to have told me this. She's like, I think the fifth. And she says, yeah, the only one I'm telling this. So you find that she was abused at a tender age and had to keep it for all these years growing up. And you find that as she got into relationships, it affected her relationship with any male. Because in her mind, she was like, you eventually hurt me. You eventually do what the other person did. Are you saying that? That's what she had in her mind. But she first had to identify the what? The problem. Because it was a dream that she shared. Yeah, anyways. And then number two, acknowledge that the problem is there. If you do not say a problem is a problem, you never have it solved. Jesus. Amen. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you never acknowledge a problem as a problem, you never have it what? So. That's why I said some of us will live in the comfort of our pain, growing with it. And we've learned to function with it, but we cannot really fully function according to the way God wants us to function. Jesus. Amen. Okay. Go to Matthew 9 verse 12. Closer than close, there is no distance with us. My heart is yours, and you are closer than close. Twelve. Jesus said them and answered, People who are well do not need the doctor. Ah. People who are what? Do not need what? That's why it ends. But only those who are sick. Only those who are what? Need a what? So some of you, because you've denied your problem, you do not want healing. Why? Because you think you are well. So how do I know you are not well? When I see you get angry. I know you are sick. But you are denying your sickness. And you are saying, I'm okay. I'm okay. Amen. So you have to acknowledge it that it's a problem and that it needs what? To be addressed. Many of the girls who shared with me the same story is they kept it in themselves and they said it's not a problem, it already passed. But yet in their heart it was not in the past, it was in the present because it was hitting them even presently and affecting their relationship presently with other people. Are you seeing that? So acknowledge it as a what? Problem. So now after you acknowledge it as a problem, take it to God. Take it to what? Jesus. So 
Jesus. Take it to what? God. Go to Matthew 10, verse 46 to 52. Matthew 10, oh sorry, Mark 10, sorry my bad, Mark 10, verse 46 to 52. Mark 10, verse 46 to 52. So it's a story of blind who? He had to acknowledge that he had a problem. And you see the thing about the problem sometimes. As you want to solve the problem, the problem persists. As you want to solve the problem, some, some distractions and disturbances exist. Isn't it so? Amen. So blind Bartimaeus was crying to God to say, I have a problem. I want you to deal with it. And so he called on God until God came through his what? Situation and circumstance. Hallelujah. Then if you look at it, the reason why it's necessary to go to God, because he's the one who makes you. When I've been broken, I've just gone to God. That's why he preached a verse yesterday. Say God is closer to what? The broken what? He used that verse yesterday. Psalms what? <laughs> I see that. So I was following what he was teaching. He used Psalms, I think, 46 verse 12. You're saying God is closer to the what? Brokenhearted. So as you bring your problems to God, God helps you solve your problems. Remember, as I've said, when you're praying for your enemy, God is either trying to change your perspective or to change who? Mm -hmm. So as you go to God, when you go to the book of Luke 4, verse 18, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to heal the what? Brokenhearted. Sometimes he will anoint you to heal you. Sometimes he will lead you to a man who will anoint you so that you can be what? Healed of that broken heart. Sometimes he will deal with it alone. Like recently, I, I had something that was affecting me really serious. And I think I shared this story. It's like a second time I'm sharing this story. So now I was in my bed and I was listening to worship. Like it hurts so much. So as I was in the bed, I was listening to worship. And there's this part, like the song that I was singing, closer than close, there is no distance. But there's a part that he says, to the broken, you, you make ways, like you make doors that are open for you. Amen. There's no need to fear when you are closer than close. There is no distance with us. My heart is yours. And you are near. So I love that part to the broken. You make doors open for you. Amen. So as I was listening to that part, because sometimes when you're in leadership position, you don't show people that you're hating. So as you come, you smile. As you come, you're happy. As you come, you're joyous. With your pain, you're carrying the cross, but you're still happy and excited. And that's how some of us have mastered our pain. Amen. 
But I took it to God. And as I took it to God, I felt his presence, literally. You see the way when you feel like a person has hugged you, yeah? And that's how I felt as though somebody was hugging me. But I was alone in the room listening to music. And from that time, I cried, I cried, I cried, and I slept. I woke up, I felt at peace. Ah, God cares. Because I know certain times as we are looking at God, we are looking at the people who hate us. So because certain people hate us, we begin to judge God as a person. What? Hate us. Anyway. Take it to who? God. Because certain times you cannot share it with people. But that leads me to the fourth point. Sometimes share it with someone. But as you are sharing it, pray that the person will help you deal with it. Or pray to God, say, Lord, who can I share it with? Because the Bible says, the burdens, lift the burdens of what? One another. Help your brother carry his cross. Help your brother carry his pain. Help your brother or your sister carry whatever they are feeling. Because sometimes what they are feeling is an overload on them. That's why in as much as Jesus Christ had the strength, they still used Simeon to help him take the cross to Golgotha. Why? It shows that you can never do it alone as a man. Because certain times burdens are heavy. Especially women, don't hold things. Or girls, don't hold things in your heart. Because the way God designed you is immediately you hold that thing. The thing that will happen is as you incubate it, the time it's germinating and growing forth seeds, it will come back multiplied. It won't come back the same way it came. It's not like us men, when we receive it, yes, it's okay. But when a woman receives something, it comes back multiplied. So you give her hate, she brings back hate times. Amen. So it's very important that you let it what? Go. By sharing it with someone. But someone who will listen. Because sometimes when you share it with someone who will not listen to your pain, you will never deal with it. This is a bridge I've helped many people cross. And today they are well and whole. They're even in a deep relationship with God, then it shocks me. It's like, it's possible. Amen. So share, share with someone how you feel. Guys, let me talk to you. It's nothing like being a man. Men cry. Men share what their problems are. Men hate. Don't tell me you don't hate. When I said, how many of you? Eight years, you all raise your hand. We all what? Hurt. So find somebody who you bring your problems to and say, Bah, I'm feeling some kind of way. And cry. Miss Cry, cry. Lila Botwanda. Even the heartbreakage. Oh, Lila. Because you want to act like a tough boy, tough guy, tough man. Eh? So men cry, men, share it with who? Somebody. Amen. The fifth thing is renew your mind in line with love. Never forget that. In order for you to walk, you had to learn to what? To walk. Yes, but in in order for you to walk, there was still learning, isn't it so? In order for you to talk, they were still learning. Dada, A, B, C, F. So even love can be learned. But you learn it by renewing your what? 
your mind. So you find that there are a lot of scriptures that will teach you what true love is all about. You can read the book of 1 John. You can read the book of 1 Corinthians. They all talk about love. And they'll teach you what you need in order for you to show love to people. I was telling him, don't just display power. Don't just be a Christian who has power, anointing, and good message. No. Be a person who loves. That's why it says, the greatest of these is what? Love. So you can have, no matter what level of anointing, no matter what level of power, no matter what level of grace you have, but if you don't have love, you're what? Nothing. Kai. Hallelujah. So you have to learn to love. You learn to love by reading the word. And you ask God to teach you how to love. How to learn to love people. It's, it's been a journey. Because love is patient. And I was one person who's not patient with people. Because if we're growing, we have to grow. If I'm moving at level five, you must move at level five with me. So if it means me dragging you with the go. Eh? Hallelujah. Yeah. But love taught me. Be patient. Be kind. Be generous. All these things. I learned from God. I learned from people. Those who grew, those who taught me, those who discipled me in my early stage of my faith, taught me the most valuable thing. Okay, after prayer. Or even before prayer, taught me to love. And you know one thing they taught me about? They taught me to love irrespective of the denomination somebody comes from. They taught me to love irrespective of where somebody comes from. They taught me to love all. Everybody. So even when people talk bad about me, I, I brush it off. Because I know the ten times is what you are saying is what you are reflecting from your heart, not from me. Hallelujah. So as you are taking it to God in prayer, even pray for those who have hurt you. Because as you will discover, at certain times, as they are hurting, they just need somebody to help them. What? Heal. Amen. God sent forth his word and the word healed, but the word was physically present and healing the broken heart. Hallelujah. Amen. So if there's any teaching you are going to remember